the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, right now at 106, good afternoon, folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, which is petro.com. Right now, it's 106. It is obviously a Friday, March 4th. And this portion of the program, I want to give a, a special thank you and uh, just remind people how much you're going to love the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. The staff there, David, they run such a great place. David is terrific. Folks, very, very supportive of Juan making this trip to the Ukraine border. And when I return... I can't wait to sit out on that beautiful new deck that they have. Pop it and see them. Full bar, large dining area, delicious food. But what I like is the consistent, great service. The people that work there, as I've said, you know, you can tell. I also want to give a special shout out to all my friends at K's. Um, just, they're just wonderful people. Their enthusiasm is contagious. You truly feel welcome when you are there and uh, enjoying a great meal or a drink. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, again, coming up next week, it all starts. Well, the adventure really starts on Sunday, as I think of it, uh, on Facebook. But uh, next week, starting next week, all Monday radio and, let's see, um, Monday is March 7th. So how long is Juan going to be over at the Ukraine border? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be there for a while. I'm definitely going to be there uh, until further notice. Definitely the month of March, the rest of March. One, two, three, that's four weeks. I don't think this story is going to end in April. So, but we, we're going to, you know, we're going to take it a day at a time. Looking at my calendar, you know, I mean, Easter and then my, my uh, young, uh, the young Daniel DePietro turns 25 on April 14th. Um, I don't know is the answer. We're gonna we're gonna take it a day at a time. But I can, I will tell you that starting on Monday, uh, Jeff Jeff Camacho and I have been working, and we're gonna feel we have this down. I'm ready to uh, we're ready to put the show on an international uh, platform, and we're gonna go from there. All right, I want to go to some more sound. Obviously, um, I, I will play before the hour's up. I think the bonuses for the judges, and again, I, um, <clears throat> I, I, Governor McKee, he can't call it. Well, you know, everybody, uh, all these other departments, and and they make their own decisions, and blah blah blah. And um, I, I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that because Governor McKee was the one that he set the example. He set the example when he started giving out the the this this it's it's ludicrous at this point. Um, just ridiculous that he is in fact um that that you know that that we're supposed to believe, especially the court system. You know, retention bonuses for judges who have lifetime appointments. It's it's disgraceful. But notice, Governor McKee is not showing leadership. Governor McKee is basically just backing off and saying, like, they're making their own decision. All right, there's some good sound. I like Rick, Richard Angle. I mean, the guy, I think, first emerged 
when we were going into Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, this is a good piece he has. I want to uh, play it right now. Terrible. Firefighters put out flames that erupted after Russian forces attacked the area. Russia is now in control of that plant, and the Russian military is also advancing in other parts of the country, inching closer to the capital city, and that is creating a rush to flee the area. In fact, take a look at this. This is what it looked like just a short time ago at the train station there. Let's go to NBC's chief foreign correspondent. He's there, uh, Richard Engel, giving us the latest. Um, what can you tell us, Richard? So I'll start with the scene at the train station. There are moments in, in, in life, especially in wartime, when families have to make very difficult decisions, and people are making those decisions right now. Uh, families are separating. Uh, we, we were at the train station, and we saw uh, sometimes uh, whole families arriving, saying goodbye on the platform, and then women, children, elderly getting on the train with one or, or two bags. Uh, there was a lot of, of, of pushing. A lot of, of confusion. People uh, didn't obviously want to make the trains. They're trying to get as, uh, miss the trains. They're trying to get as many people on board as possible. Uh, and they were all heading west. People were heading out of this city. Sometimes they didn't know exactly where they were going or where they would end up, but they were heading toward Lviv and then beyond uh, to, to Poland or, or other countries. And it was one of these heartbreaking moments. I was watching a man uh, say goodbye to his, his, his family, his wife and his, his young son and he was there on the platform he put his hand up to the glass uh, his young son uh, on the inside of the train put his hand up to the glass oh. and asked the man how he was feeling and he said it was the most uh, difficult moment of his entire life right there as he's watching his family go away and he's staying behind to fight and, oh. and there is also this this concern right now of a nuclear catastrophe after Russian forces overnight took over Europe's largest nuclear power plant, which is in Ukraine. Russian forces moved in uh, in the course of the battle. A building next to the power plant caught fire. Uh, the fire has since been extinguished. But Ukraine's President Zelensky uh, is warning that if that, that power plant is damaged, that it could be a nuclear disaster that would be worse in his in his view than the Chernobyl incident. So deep concerns here. And the head of the nuclear power plant just said a, a short while ago that not only have Russian forces taken control of the area, but that they are holding the staff hostage and forcing them to work at gunpoint. Richard, Richard you just mentioned uh, yeah. President Zelensky. I know that you spent some time with him on, on Thursday in person. He talked about the, the ongoing escalation. What else did he tell you? So Zelensky uh, is, is giving a message uh, that is, is starting right now. Uh, yesterday we, we spoke to him. He had a, a small gathering with, with reporters and he first of all emphasized that this country needs help. It needs a no-fly zone so far that uh, has not been in the cards. The, the United States and, and other governments have said that it would be too much. But he said most of all he needs to talk to Vladimir Putin to find a way out of this crisis. I want to talk with Putin. I think I have to talk with Putin. The world has to talk with Putin because there are no other ways to stop this war. That's why I have to. 
So now we are bracing for uh, for a potential Russian onslaught against this city. Uh, Russia initially, in the early days of this conflict, was targeting uh, military targets uh, primarily, and Russian troops were moving in in, in small units with, with their tanks and their armored vehicles. Uh, the Russian uh, initial onslaught, however, was, was deeply complicated, was set back by Ukrainian resistance, and uh, now it seems that Vladimir Putin has taken a different strategy, which is just to go against uh, the towns and cities and, and in some cases level them completely. Mm-hmm. Richard Engel, taking it a day at a time. You know, that is, um, folks, first of all, that is great reporting by Richard Engel, but um, it just shows how, I mean, this situation is just going from bad to worse. And I'm just, <clears throat> I think people, and it's fair to to wonder just, as I've been actually, how, how much longer can we afford the United States to stay on the sidelines with all of this that is that is happening right now? Um, as, as I had said, it would think that we want to jump into action more. I want to go to um, violence in Ukraine, and um, this is a good piece. More than a million people have already fled in search of safety. Millions more expected to do the same. And this is Tom Namas is covering that part of the story for us. He's in western Ukraine. Tom, good morning. <laughs> Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. This morning, we are at a school in Lviv that has taken in 80 children from the war zone in the east. The staff at the school says these ch- children all came here with stories of their towns being attacked, scared, nervous, obviously on edge. But these children you see here may be in the worst possible position because they're orphans. They do not have family. They are in limbo right now. They are being taken care of. They're being fed. But like everyone else in Ukraine at this moment, no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. With Russia's invasion now entering a second week, the damage in war-torn cities across Ukraine is mounting by the day. Images from before and after. These areas were attacked by Russian forces, a chilling reminder of what over a million refugees are running from. Every hour was more dangerous than before. Every day is worse than previous. Now, Russia and Ukraine have agreed to create humanitarian corridors to safely evacuate citizens, as an unaccountable number of families are packing up as much of their lives as they can in suitcases and bags. Many making their way to an overwhelmed border. This crowd seen trying to push past security gates to enter Poland. Still, the most critical artery in and out of the country has been the railways. The war not halting its nonstop service. You know, in the peaceful world, we are the backbone of economy. In the wartime, we're the backbone of security. Alexander Kamishin is the man running the entire Ukraine rail system. In many ways, it's what Ukrainians have relied on for food, medicine, and of course, an escape. I'm breaking apart. I have to take my son to a safer place. Thousands have waited here at Lviv's main train station for days. Those lucky enough to make it on board find themselves crushed in train cars for a journey that is becoming more dangerous. These new images show rail bridges blown up, tracks crippled, even a missile just steps from the rail lines. Can you promise them that you will try to get them out no matter what, you will keep the trains running? We will run the trains until the last person we can evacuate from center, east and west of Ukraine and south of Ukraine. 
But as this mass exodus is likely the beginning, the UN now says more than 10 million Ukrainians may end up fleeing their homes. And amid so much uncertainty, an emotional symbol of hope. Friends from the same Ukrainian village finally reunited in Germany after abandoning their home, torn apart by war. So we're back out live at the school that is housing these orphans from the east. The staff here tells me that when they pulled up with the buses filled with children, everyone in the neighborhood came out, started donating clothes, started donating their time, taking care of these kids. Again, they are being fed, they're being taken care of. This little boy right here is Demetrius. He's eight years old. I asked him if he had any message for America, and clearly, you know, what's happening here in this country has not hit him yet. He says that all he wants is a family right now. Hold up. Oh, sweet Demetrius. Wow. Thank oh, you my goodness, folks. Where does this lead? My goodness. How about Lindsey Graham? And again, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. Lindsey Graham saying assassinate, assassinate Putin. Listen to this. Top Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is quitting controversy for encouraging Russians to, quote, step up to the plate and assassinate Vladimir Putin. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us with more on this story. Hey, Hallie, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. This is a kind of political curveball at this extremely precarious moment with Russia and Vladimir Putin. Senator Lindsey Graham overnight, as the situation at that nuclear plant was escalating, calling on someone in Russia to, in his words, take out Putin. Listen. Is there Brutus in Russia? The only way this ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. Graham's spokesperson noted that the senator also expressed he was okay with a coup to remove Putin, but the senator's comments are being interpreted by some as a call for the assassination of the Russian leader, including fellow Republican Senator Ted Cruz, who now is calling this an exceptionally bad idea. And then new this morning, just in the last couple minutes, we've gotten a response from Putin's press secretary, calling this a hysterical escalation of Russophobia, saying, quote, these days, not everyone manages to maintain sobriety, I would even say sanity, and many lose their minds. Again, a quote from Putin's press secretary. All of this likely to fuel concerns. This could become a talking point for Putin. Keep in mind, he's publicly been on defense as most of the rest of the world praises Ukraine's resistance. So his team has been eager to frame this invasion as American persecution of Putin. Hoda, all right. Of course they are, folks, because he is a madman and a liar. All right, well, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, let me, she is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. A great meal, great Polish food. They're waiting for you. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Stop in at the Coesed Inn. I want to play, um, this is a good in case right now at 121 on this Friday, you want to know, like, what is the latest? I want to play for you the latest. In the meantime, here in the U.S., the war in Ukraine is having a direct here effect on gas prices. Experts saying we could see $5 a gallon within weeks. The average price today, $3.84 per gallon. That's up about 40 cents in just a week and more than a dollar in a year. We've got all angles covered this morning, including a first-hand look at the increasing refugee crisis in Ukraine. But we'll start with NBC's Richard Engel, who's in Kiev for us. Richard Good morning. Good morning. I am 
now at Kiev's main train station, and people are here trying to get on any train out of the city, any train that is heading west. There is considerable confusion here. People don't know exactly when the trains are arriving, when they are departing. They are just following the announcements and then rushing toward the tracks. And now, of course, there is this concern about a nuclear catastrophe in this country after Russian forces took over that nuclear power plant. President Zelensky warning that if there is an explosion at the plant, it could be worse than Chernobyl. Ukrainian officials say that Russian forces have taken the workers at the nuclear power plant hostage. The director of the power plant saying that they are now working under the invaders guns. After a limping start, Russia's assault on Ukraine is picking up steam and is growing more destructive, carving a path through towns and cities. Grim pictures in Bordyanka and Chernihiv. And a nuclear scare this morning as Russian forces took over the outskirts of Saporizhia and Europe's largest nuclear power plant after a fierce battle at the site. A training building nearby caught fire. The U.S. says the nuclear power plant itself wasn't damaged. No elevated radiation detected. This warning from President Zelensky overnight about the risks. If there is an explosion, that's the end for everyone, he said. It's the end for Europe, the evacuation of Europe. Yesterday, we joined a group of journalists taken down dark hallways in a government building in Kiev to meet Zelensky. He arrived without an entourage, carrying his own chair, looking relaxed and a little tired. He repeated his call for a no-fly zone, although so far the U.S. and Europe have refused, saying it could get them in a direct fight with Russia. Vladimir Putin has so far not been willing to meet with you. Do you have a message for him now that Ukrainian cities are under attack, this city is under attack, a convoy is on its way here? Is there a way to prevent this war from escalating even further now it's not about i want to talk with putin i think i have to talk with putin the world has to talk with putin because there are no another ways to stop this war that's why i have to in kiev's main children's hospital they're evacuating more patients to the basements and out of the country are you trying to evacuate all of the cancer patients here who are stable enough to move? Yes, if they're stable, we try to uh, take them uh, abroad and to evacuate them. But uh, if they're not stable, it's very, it may be harmful for them and uh, not uh, so um, safe. In the basement, patients are safe for now, but treatments are disrupted. Alexander has been waiting on tests for possible blood cancer. He has pain when he moves, but is following the news of the war outside. Our soldiers are doing great, he says. Adding what is now the national motto here, glory to Ukraine. Here on the platforms, we've been watching families say very heartfelt and tearful goodbyes. Many of the men have chosen to stay behind in this country to fight against the Russians. Folks, that is really remarkable. I mean, that is the courage that we're talking about. And again, good afternoon at 125. Um, It's just, it's hard. I I recognize, and I think people are also realizing that this is certainly not going to go away anytime soon, right? I mean, can we all, can we all agree that, that this is, um, this is, this is going to be, um, 
that this is going to, I don't, we don't know. And I don't want to try to make predictions, but this, you know, there are some possibilities that, that they're saying that this could, um, 10 years. I mean, the Ukrainian people are going to fight. I think that's interesting about Lindsey Graham saying that they they don't like that because that could be, oh boy, why does he say that? He shouldn't say that. Because then they're saying Putin will use that as talking points. Like, see, they, they want to assassinate me. Now, he was on, Lindsay, Senator Lindsey Graham was on Fox and Friends, I believe, this morning. And I want to just uh, play that. Here we go. Uh, first off, uh, your response, uh, what went into your statement that you need to take about? Do you think this is a one-man problem, not a Russian problem? Yeah, the Russian people are not our enemy. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm convinced it's a one-man problem surrounded by a few people. So at the end of the day, Brian, how does this end? Uh, we're not going out in on the ground in the Ukraine. You know, if he attacks a NATO nation, we'll have World War III. I don't think he'll do that. The way this will end is when he gets charged with a war crime, Putin and his cronies, and one day we, we nab him when he leaves Russia. But the best way for this to end is have an Elliot Ness, a wide herb in Russia, the Russian spring, so to speak, where people rise up and take him down because if he continues to be their leader, then he's going to make you complicit with war crimes. You're a good people. You'll never have a future. Uh, you'll be isolated from the world, and you'll live in abject poverty. So I'm hoping somebody in Russia will understand that he's destroying Russia, and you need to take this guy out by any means uh, possible. So essentially says there are Brutus. Brutus killed Caesar, obviously. So the Russian ambassador read your remarks, uh, Antonio Antonov, mm-hmm. uh, and says this. I find the statement of the American politician to be unacceptable and outrageous. It is impossible to believe that a senator of a country that promotes its moral values as a guiding star for all mankind could afford to call for terrorism as a way to achieve Washington's goals in the international arena. We demand official explanations and a strong condemnation of the criminal statements of the American. That American being you. Your response? You're ready, uh, Mr. Ambassador. You're supporting a war criminal in Putin. Your country is engaged in war crimes in front of the entire world. You're bombing innocent civilians using banned munitions. You have a record, your country does, of dropping barrel bombs on people in Syria. You destroyed uh, Chechnya by uh, massive war crimes. You're committing war crimes uh, in uh, the Ukraine. You need to apologize to the world for how Putin has stolen your country blind, how they're dismembering a neighboring democracy called the Ukraine, how they're killing innocent men, women, and children, indiscriminate uh, use of force in violation of the Geneva Convention. You, my friend, are the one who needs to apologize. And when it comes to Putin, he needs to go to jail. So, you know, that is, um, again, I, hold on. I, um, I, I, I wonder about that. Um, I mean, I know the intent, but I, I, this is, <clears throat> this is no time for, I don't think, this is no time for that type of, of rhetoric. Uh, let, Lindsey Graham, I'll say, you know, I know it sounds good, but Lindsey Graham should not be saying things like this, especially not, you know, I don't know what to make of that. Not if we're hearing Putin's going to use that um, as talking points to see, see, once again, the American soldiers want to, they want to come after me. Now look at that. They're saying they're going to kill me. So I'm justified to do this. So that, that doesn't sound positive to me.
Now, folks, again, good afternoon at 1.30. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Let's see. I want to, there's so many people I have to thank. Uh, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, they're open till 2 o'clock, but they're also open tomorrow. And they are just terrific and everything big fresh. Uh, Propane Plus, I mentioned the Lodge. Um, I don't think I mentioned, no, Soul Source Restoration. Remember, they clean and disinfect residential commercial properties. Call them, 401-712-2700 online, soulsourcerestoration.com. Folks, I also, right now at one thirty, I also just want to mention to people, if you're listening right now, in your business, and you say, boy, this sounds like quite the opportunity. John DePietro is going to be over on the Ukrainian border broadcasting until further notice. <laughs> um, and, and, and I and the show needs financial support. So if you're listening right now saying, well, number one, I'd like to support the trip. And I'd also love to get, I mean, we expect big listening levels on this as we are witnessing history. The easiest thing to do, and I want to give a shout out to uh, my friend Paul, who contacted me yesterday and said, sign me up for a sponsorship. The easiest thing to do is to log on to the website, petro.com and then click on Contact John. And that could be today. That could be tomorrow. That could be next week. Um, some people might suddenly be like, wow, this is incredible what I'm listening to. And I also want to remind people, we're going to have the live stream going on Facebook. I use all platforms. I'm going to have things on TikTok. The main platforms are going to be this radio show. Thanks to Dr. Gamach, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. It will be the John DePietro show on Facebook where we're going to do the live stream. This is interesting. We're going to have a, this will be a worldwide program. When on Facebook, people from all over the world will be able to watch the coverage. That's, uh, the technology is there. Barring something, I mean, if the Russians knock off all communication, it could be problematic. But I I don't think that's going to happen. It's certainly not right away. The nuclear thing is something to watch. I admit that. I'm not on a suicide mission here. I'm on a, you know, um... But maybe, you know, we will have access to that. If you go to the top of my page on Facebook, you'll see a yellow button. That's a, you click to that and it goes to PayPal. You just put in credit card information. So it's it's really fast and easy and you can do that. Uh, but if you are a business, um, I got to think we're going to have some people listening and watching. <laughs> as we are at the border of Ukraine. And I've been speaking with some officials over there. And then even our own State Department and so forth. And and I, I'm very, you know, I, I want people to understand. I mean, I, <clears throat> I recognize, and they're very clear. Like, if something happens, we cannot come find you. If you end up somewhere in Ukraine and suddenly there's no cell service, we cannot, we cannot suddenly, we can't suddenly come and try to find you. You are literally on your own. So proceed with caution. And they're also pretty clear saying... We'd prefer you not go, but right now we can't. I am also intrigued, by the way, and this is a new development, and I, know, I don't know, folks. I'm going to learn more 
on you know Monday, Tuesday when I, when I first arrived there and so forth. But there was a story on Fox of there's a man from Las Vegas. This is one of those things when they say all Americans should leave the country. Yeah, all Americans should leave the country. There is a uh, a man on who is on Fox. So his wife is from Ukraine. So they went. I don't know. Maybe you saw this, but so they went to visit her mother. Now we're we're announcing the government was saying all Americans should leave. They were like, well, you know, we're not ready done ready to leave for our visit yet. This is what I, I didn't see the report, but what I've been told was. So again, this guy's from Las Vegas. I'm not sure how old he is. Maybe you saw the segment, but. He right now is hiding because every man 18 to 60 who's in Ukraine, they hand you a a weapon and you must fight. Period. End of story. So he's hiding and, and the wife is the only one that leaves the apartment to go to the grocery store. So someone who is on the inside said to me, you know. One thing you want to be cautious of is uh, if they enter into a situation, they're like, hey, listen, pal, I don't we don't care if you're from, you know, the capital or you're from Rhode Island. Uh, you're you're you fit. I do. I'm well under 60 and you're a male. So here's your rifle. Um I mean, now that is not something that I am going there for. So that might present a little bit of a problem, to say the least. But I, I um, folks, I believe, and I want to be very clear, I think, I believe there's, there's a safe way to do this. I do plan to do it. There's there's number of people that I'm going to communicate with once I arrive there. I feel very good about our plan and capabilities. Obviously, Jeff has, uh, Jeff Kamach has power of authority with me, so I... I feel very good about what we're going to undertake. So I, I just want to be clear about that. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to them. Um, there's just so many terrific people and people that have been encouraging and uh, people like I can't wait to see the coverage. And I get it, folks. Um, the whole trick is to be able to do it, do it safely and um, and then come back in, in one piece, whatever that may be. But we're going to be there for who knows? Um, let's see, we would, we're certainly there for the month of March. I don't see why I'd leave in April. Um, I don't know where the story's going to go. <clears throat> I hear Ukraine is beautiful in May. Um, so I, I don't, the answer is I don't know. I know we have a plan. I know I'm leaving Sunday and Monday. I have no reason to believe we're not going to be broadcasting to you from right at the Ukraine border. Now, if the flight gets delayed and I have to do it from the airport because then I'm missing the window to be on, then, you know, we'll figure it out. But um, but my final destination on Monday will be initially, uh, I think it's 38 miles from the border, I think, 38 or 40 miles from the border. And that's where the closest major airport is that I'm going to be arriving at. So if if I feel good, if I feel, hey, that was a tremendous trip, I feel, you know, it's 15 hours of travel. If um, at least it, if I, if I have, you know, feel good, then uh, boom, we're in action. If if not, maybe we'll stay a little close to home <laughs> for the first broadcast, and then we'll 
you know, they are ahead, by the way. They're, parts of Ukraine are seven hours ahead. Parts of Poland are six hours ahead. So, um, so it, when I sign on at 11 o'clock on Monday, it will be five o'clock there. So I, 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 I do have a little bit of a pad of time, I believe, unless, you know, I, I don't know. Do I get delayed in customs? Is there a delay with the flight? Does something happen dramatic over the weekend? You know, this is the ultimate control, which you can control. I also want to give a special shout out to my good friend, Michael Salvador, State Towing Service, uh, 24-hour towing, auto sales and repair. Michael is just, um, I mean, he is just one of a kind and very, very supportive. So if you need any type of towing service, especially if you are a commercial um, owner, contact them, 401-331-0925. Michael Salvatore is just, the guy is just a king amongst men. Now, I want to stay on schedule. What do we normally do on Friday? I'd like to check in with the defender of the faith who's so knowledgeable, John Francis, competition shooting supplies. Um, let's call him right now at 1.38 on this Friday. What's oh, nice out, sunny blue skies. Good, uh, this is what I call good uh, tra- weather traveling when you go into a war zone. <laughs> I also want to thank Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue and Cranston. Tanya is just, we are so ready. I mean, everything, folks. So, I mean, help. Folks, there he is. Joining us is the Defender of the Faith on this Friday. It's our friend John Francis. Good afternoon, John Francis. Hey, John, how are you? I was just mentioning, John, it's good weather outside. This is good weather to travel to a war zone. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I want to, um, John Francis and I had a wonderful conversation yesterday. Not only is he unbelievably knowledgeable about weapons, but he's also very knowledgeable about history. And John, as you were saying, I mean, uh, Putin, this is not like a let's negotiate type of guy. This is a killer. There's so much at stake here. And um, I, I, if you don't mind, I mean, obviously I called you about competition shooting supplies, but I, I am anxious to hear just some of your thoughts about what's going on over there. So, uh, from what I've seen, um, uh, uh, so the, the whole, their whole invasion of Ukraine, I think, has backfired on them. Uh, I do believe that, uh, you know, they thought that they, because of their overwhelming military might compared to what the Ukrainians have, um, or what they thought they had, they thought it was going to be an easy roll, and within a day or two, they were going to be in complete uh, complete control of the country. Well, they didn't anticipate the Ukrainians, uh, one, coming up with the tactics that they're using, but he should, he should not have been surprised by that because they taught the Ukrainians that. The Ukrainians are using the same tactics that the Soviet Army did during World War II. Wow. Think about that, John okay, Francis. Okay, and the, uh, now, you know, the, and much to people's surprise, in fact, I saw a, uh, I saw an interview with a, one of the NATO generals, how impressed he was that how the Ukrainians are using the Turkish drones against the Russian military. Oh, wow. And they're, use, they're using tactics that not even NATO has thought of. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were duly impressed. He was duly impressed with how the, the methods and how they're deploying the drones. And so, and from what I understand, 
You know what else, John Francis, is um, someone was telling me last night that one of our military analysts, that uh, the Americans, they, we were saying, like, they, they think that it's possible the Russians don't have good capabilities at night with their aircraft because they're doing all these bombings during the day and then the ukrainians can see them and shoot them down whereas he was saying the americans like afghanistan iraq we we did all our bombings at night yes well so the thing is and that's that's potentially true but the other thing that's happened is the the russians have failed to take out uh, they don't have air superiority. Right. So the Ukrainian Air Force and their anti-aircraft systems are still viable. So they're right. Yeah. So it's not, not surprising they're not flying at night because they're much more vulnerable to surface-to-air missiles because of that. Wow. They you know, because they were, yeah, they were, they were, I think, um, they were surprised by how, how much more technologically advanced oh. we were during, like, during the first Gulf War. John Francis, what do you make of the fact, I mean, Putin, they're blatantly killing civilians. I mean, that, they're like breaking. Well, that's, always, that's always been the doctrine of the Soviet military. Wow. So they use overwhelming, they, in, they did the same tactics during World War II against Germany. They would encircle, and it, you know, whatever city or town that was their objective, they would, they would encircle it and then uh, bombard it from a distance until the whole area was flattened and whoever was left inside finally capitulated. Holy cow. I mean, that is, I mean, that is just against... Well, the other thing is Ukrainians are, they are embarrassing the Russian military hmm. and Putin himself. He's not going to stand for that. You're right. I mean, most lunatics don't. You're right. But, you know, but they're also dry. So what they've done, you know, Finland and Sweden who re- really weren't even thinking about uh, kind of getting in bed with NATO are now a lot getting a lot more ready to cozy up. You're right. With NATO. That's and, right. Um, and, you know, there was, uh, we discussed this yesterday. Yeah. Where I think you mentioned that uh, perhaps that, you know, uh, you've heard or read something that, uh, you know, that they were kind of, now he maybe putting his eyes on Finland. Yes. Well, he ought to check his history book, like I told you yesterday, yes. where the, fin- the Finns uh, really gave it to the Russian army during the Winter War. Wow. In World War II. Huh. Yeah. You know what else, John Francis? You also learn how much, for instance, like Poland, they hate the Russians. And sure. They lived under Soviet op- occupation since World War II. That's exactly right. And people don't even realize that the concentration, the Nazi death camps, Treblinka, uh, Auschwitz, those, those are all in Poland. They, but they have for right. ferocious hatred towards the Russians. But John Francis, also, um, you have to admire right now the way the Ukrainians are fighting, handing out weapons. Uh, that president remains alive. He's survived three assassination attempts. He is. Uh, it is really remarkable. And folks, this is another example. John Francis, when it comes down to it. People need to protect themselves, and that's why they need to stop in the competition shooting supplies. That, that's exactly <laughs> right. And if this, if, this, if this does not show how important our Second Amendment is. That's right. In this country. Yes. I mean, not that it's, I mean, and granted, I mean, there are those that are, as, that are rolling their eyes as we speak 
uh, you know, the chances of a foreign power invading the United States. Well, one of the reasons the Japanese did not even think about invading this country after Pearl Harbor was because they knew of the, of the massive amount of private gun ownership that this country had. Wow. And, you know, and like that, there's a, a fairly famous saying from that time that there was a rifle behind every blade of grass in the United States. I love that, John Francis. And that rings true even today. And John Francis also, now the latest BBC, they're pulling out of Russia because they're now criminalizing free speech and they say Putin's going to go to martial law. So the crackdown on the Russian people is incredible. Before I let you go, and next week, folks, I am going to be calling John Francis from the Ukraine border. Especially, I'll keep track of different weapons that I see. But tell me about that. uh, Tell everyone about the beautiful Smith & Wesson that you you got in uh, some of those yesterday. Uh, yeah, so, um, so the, uh, the purple and silver, uh, one, that was a distributor exclusive from one of the places I buy from. Yep. They just got another, uh, batch of those in. So that's the Smith & Wesson, uh, Shield EZ. So it has an easy rack, uh, uh, slide spring. So, the Smith & Wesson developed that gun specifically for women and folks with disabilities that have trouble manipulating a strong recoil spring on a semi-auto pistol. Wow. It's much, much easier on that one for folks that would like to own a gun like that, but couldn't before because they just couldn't overcome the spring. I also want to, before we let John Francis go, I'm going to say it right now. I mean, when we start hearing about nuclear fallout, Putin is unhinged, I, I am telling everyone right now, This is the time, if you have ever thought of getting a weapon, if you've ever thought about getting ammo, now is the time and the place to go is competition shooting supplies. Got a good, uh, great photos on Facebook. John Francis, what are your hours for today and for tomorrow? Today, uh, we're here uh, till 6 and tomorrow, uh, 9 to 4. And I can't say that uh, there's no better way to spend that tax refund that's coming in. That is exactly right. I will talk to you next week from Eastern Europe. Okay, good luck right. and stay safe, John. Thank you, John Francis. Folks, there he is, the defender of the faith, John Francis, right here on the John DePietro Show. Things are happening, moving rapidly. Um, someone sent me a message, and I know it was in the Boston Globe. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Link Chafee, I, I, he's, he's, a, he's a mosquito. He's a gnat. Um, he's an embarrassment. Um, he... He has never gotten over that he lost that Senate seat in 2006, and he blames everyone but himself. He is an embarrassment for Chafee and the Boston Globe to compare President Bush 43 to Putin. Um, you got to remember, this is someone who's a pacifist. He admits that. This is someone that has gone down and said he admired Castro. He is, he's a communist, basically. Uh, It was a fluke that he got elected governor. He is a small, bitter man, is what he is. And that is, in fact, um, Link Chafee. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Um, Next week, again, I want to thank everybody. Things have really been coming together. How about that? Zelensky has survived three assassination attempts. Now, here's a report. And you could expect this. Russian troops are raping Ukrainian women as they rampage through Ukrainian cities. 
So the people that say they support Putin, you may want to think about that. You may want to rethink your position. What? Of course they're going to do that. What an absolute disgrace. They have to be stopped. And I'm, I'm still amazed earlier. When was it? Last week. Last week when um, someone in communication. And actually, there have been some of the postings on my Facebook have been quite frightening of people that say they support Putin over Biden. Um, I, I regard that as people who are not. Um, they're not versed in history. They're not. They are easily manipulated through propaganda. They are just following blind talking points for someone to even say something like that. Um, you lose all credibility. You lose all credibility. They're planning public executions. Right now, Kremlin is jailing for fake news. By the way, that's where President Trump got the, the term. Fake news. And women in uh, Ukraine are taking up arms. So I think it is tremendous how the world is rallying around Ukraine. Um, and the leader of Ukraine, and you're seeing other leaders step up that are true leaders. And I, I mean that as far as, you know, I, I just recognize I'm not going to have, I don't think I'm going to have time to play the, uh, Governor McKee, I'll say this. Um, he's, he's a nice man. He was the mayor of Cumberland. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to make of his actions since he took office. Um, he, 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 has a, a, he has a fundamental misunderstanding. He plays so fast and loose with the truth. And he's just trying to buy everybody off to get, to get votes for that primary. It, it's tough. I, I just I don't see the leadership ability um, early on. Admittedly, early on, last March and April, May even, I, I was kind of happy for the guy, uh, Governor McKee, former Mayor of Cumberland. Of, um, I felt, you know, here's a guy who was, wasn't easy and Ramundo wouldn't let him even on the stage with her and everything else. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad for him. He's got a good way and da-da-da. But that was then and this is now. Uh, you can't get a straight answer out of the guy. He is lost. He has lost um, a lot, I believe, a lot of credibility with, because you, you can't, he's always fast and loose with the truth, you know. And with these bonuses, it, it's just, there's a pattern here of it's for this, it's for that. It's all, I don't believe it. And I know now he's saying, oh, I, I'm not giving out the judge's bonuses. Well, you set the precedent, though. And I, as I had said at the time, this rockets. Then it becomes, well, everyone's got to get it. And that's wrong. Governor McKee, he may not, he, that's, oh, people are copycatting. You're the one that put it in motion. Bonuses for judges, life of, well, you know, you got to retain people. That's a bad, wrong talking point. Terrible. It's not a leader. We're seeing leaders. He's not. That letter, oh, all Ukrainians should come to Rhode Island. What are you talking about? Don't you understand they want to live in their homes? They're fighting evil is what they're doing. All right, I want to call, uh, let's see if I can get our friend Marie on the line. It's my health. Folks, it is Friday afternoon at 153. It's Juan. I want to, um, 
Get Oh, there she is, folks, on this sunny Friday. It's our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. And Marie, with people are stressed out about watching this war that is going on. People are feeling anxious. It's such an important time for people to take care of their health. And, and folks, the place you go is It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. You're absolutely right. The anxiety is crazy right now. It is. And Marie, what are some of the things? I'll bet you have some things that could just calm people down, whether it be uh, some of the different teas or hemp and CBD products, all different kinds of things that could kind of keep people level-headed and soothe their mind and body at the same time. Yeah, we have a wonderful product called Gabitrol that is very, very calming. Um, so just a supplement that you take. We also have CBD, CBD in in water. So we have these drinks, you know, flavored drinks that have CBD. We have teas with CBD. And we have some just herbal teas that, that can be very calming just to kind of take the edge off. Um, and, you know, my other advice is shut the television off. <laughs> Shut the television off and instead put on the John DePietro show as he's broadcasting from the border of Ukraine. That's exactly right. Now, Marie, if I'm over there at the border of Ukraine and I'm trying to remain calm with the coverage, and this will be my first time actually in a, in a war zone, what's a type of tea that you recommend that then I could drink afterwards that would be soothing? Some lemon balm, some um, chamomile. Passion flower, passion flower especially helps when the mind won't shut off. Um, but those are some nice calming teas that um, that taste good and you know just can take the edge off. What's it like to be an international sponsor? Starting next week, you're an international sponsor. How does that feel? I don't know. I haven't had a chance to think about it. But wow, we're going big time here. We are. Well, folks, again, Marie, what are your hours for today and what are your hours for tomorrow? Be here till 530 today and 9 to 4 tomorrow. All right. Listen, you're the queen of health. You be safe. I will. Be safe on your trip. I will. And I'm going to. Well, let's see what happens over there. My intention is to talk to you next week, but let's wait and see how the week plays out. But either way, I will be talking to you very soon, Marie. You take care of yourself. Thank you, you again. Too. All Thank right, you. folks. There at yep. Marie. It's my health. 1099 um, Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, stop in. The service is great. Teas, spices, hemp, CBD products. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Let me just go through my list. And again, this uh, all kicks off on Monday. And um, it really starts actually on Sunday, and I'm pretty inundated with things to do between uh, now and then, as you can imagine. There's a lot to uh, get all our communication devices up to speed. You know what else is a drag is I have to get a COVID test because otherwise you can't travel. Um, A lot of the lodging over there is disappearing quickly as um, you got to find a place that you're going to stay. But I'm going to. Listen, we'll have a lot more. I firmly believe that you're going to uh, enjoy the coverage. We're going to bring different insight. We are going to interview all different types of people. This is the story, and I am excited to bring it to you starting on Monday. Starting on Monday. Uh, Actually, though, I will be doing some Facebook Lives Sunday as we begin our journey over to 
Eastern Europe. And final destination to begin, we're going to start off through Poland right at the border of Ukraine and then go from there. And I have some good people on that are there already. And then we will see how we can report the story safely. I want to be very clear about that. I'm not I'm not, not a hot dog. Um, these, these are, it's, it's a war zone. If, you know, and, and I also want to mention at 158, uh, first of all, I want to thank um, and remind you folks, the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, pop in this weekend or right now for a great meal. You know, it's interesting, the State Department, they're very clear that if something happens, you, you, we, we cannot, you are on your own. Um, they, they're, you know, if they're just firm about it, you, you got to know what you're walking into. Uh, but if, if something goes sideways, you, you're, you're on your own. We, there's nothing we cannot suddenly enter to try to get you. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. But I, um, you know, I feel confident about it. I feel we're ready for this. I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. And it's a fluid situation. If something very, well, first of all, we're definitely going. It's just a matter of where we're going to be. So I did, someone said to me they have uh, family in Finland. And if we wanted to approach it that way, that's a little too Russian for me, all due respect. Someone else reached out to me. They have family in Serbia if we wanted to start to approach it from that angle. But no, I, Poland is a NATO country, and Poland is very modernized, and I feel good about our trip. So, folks, again, it's John DePietro. The next time we speak, you will be hearing my voice from Eastern Europe border of Ukraine. We're going to bring you live action. We can do it. I believe in uh, Team Gamach. We are going to make it happen. You're going to enjoy it. You deserve it. I want everyone to enjoy this Friday. Enjoy this weekend. And when we touch base again, I will be coming to you from uh, a war zone on the other side of the world. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news and then it's the John Dion program right here. Folks, we'll talk to you next week. WNRI Winsocket, W260DC. WNRI.